listening to Pet Candy. Welcome to our new show, Obsessed, a show where we talk about whatever it is we're currently obsessed with. I'm Caitlin Palmer. I'm Clay. And we're Obsessed. obsessed. Welcome back, everybody. You just missed Clay doing some dope-ass karate moves on a pesky fly. (laughs) I did try to get him. (laughs) It was really good. It was really impressive. Like, I don't know karate, but I'm pretty sure that was legit stuff you were doing. I I mean, I did a windmill block in there. I did did like a traditional sort of like cross chop. Mm -hmm. Try to get that. Actually, I really should have used my brain because I actually just watched, not, well, last night, a YouTube video uh-huh. um, on how animals, different animals perceive time and like relation to us. Right. And flies essentially live inside of bullet time. Um, I don't remember like the exact hertz or like frames per second that they perceive things. But essentially, if you move your hand slowly over a fly. Right. It literally cannot see you moving your hand. It's moving too slow for the fly's perception. Wow. Really? Yeah. So the trick to catching a fly is to just do it really, really slowly. That makes sense. I worked for a doctor one time who had cat-like reflexes, and she could catch a fly, and it was the coolest shit ever. Fun thing. Uh, Cats actually have a perception of time a little bit above ours, so everything is sped up to a cat. Really? Which is kind of counteractive to how you would think it works. So I wonder, you know how the slow blink to a cat means, like, I love you? Right, that would be like a regular blink. Right, so I wonder if they think that we're just hyper-blinking all the time. Dogs perceive things like, I think it's like 25 or 30% slower than us, so everything just sounds really chill all the time to dogs. Mm, uh, love that. And yeah, like, that's Kipper. Why squirrels are so neurotic is because, <laughs> like, to them, they're moving just like normal speed. <laughs> wow, that's me on a Red Bull. Yeah, they're just like, meh. Um, <laughs> But that was cool. That was actually not my story. Um, well, that, I thought it was. I, <laughs> wow. Okay. No, we just talking about me trying to karate chop this fly. Yeah, it worked out pretty good, though. So should I save my story for next time? It's up to you, baby. You do whatever you want to do. That's a quick one anyway. I'll just cover it. Uh, this was sent in by our producer. Uh, the city of Amiro, Texas, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's got the two L's, so I assume it's supposed to be the yuh sound in Spanish. Amillo, Texas. Anyway, they caught... I'll send you the pictures for this thing for Instagram, because you know how much I love, like, a poor cryptid disguise? And this is... This is a wretched little thing. (laughs) It's fantastic, though. But, you know, they were like, oh, because is this maybe just a weird man, or perhaps a chupacabra? Always. Always. He is walking outside of the city zoo at, like, 1.30 in the morning. As uh, one does. As one does. <laughs> and people have been memeing on it really hard. Like I said, I'll, I'll give you these pictures so you can see, but people are saying that it's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Or Swiper the Fox. I didn't know those were cryptids. Dang, that Uh, means they might be real. One of of my favorite, James Gunn, actually tweeted back that it's a weasel from the Suicide Squad. Oh, my God. Which, like, that's weasel. I'm obsessed. there's the little creature that you can see. Oh, I saw that, actually. He looks like a little Jim Henson doll. I think so, too. I think he's kind of cute. He looks like one of the ratty little dolls from Labyrinth. He reminds me of Sir Didymus, but less cute. I'm trying to think. I swear there is an actual doll in the labyrinth that looks like that little thing. Let me see him. Show me him again. I know everything about the labyrinth. Right. Isn't there like a little dog or fox? Yeah, that's Sardidimus. No, Sardidimus is like smaller. I don't know. I'll look it up. I'll find out. And then I'll send you a picture of that. And that's my guess is that it's a Jim Henson doll that has gained sentience. Well, duh, obviously. (laughs) It's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, 
duh. Anyone who thinks otherwise well, is just also, being ridiculous. Also, it could be aliens. It could always be <laughs> aliens. There's people saying it's aliens. If there's one thing we've learned on this show, it's that there will always Yeah, you can't research a topic without there being a whole thread on how actually it's an alien. I mean, if the universe is infinite and there's all these galaxies and I, it could be aliens. Then there is then a there's Muppet a, planet. Right, there's an alien for everything, pretty much. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's great. Uh, I want a David Bowie alien. Just a whole planet of David Bowies? Yes! I mean, he, well, he did have a character that was an alien. Yeah, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust. And the spiders from Mars. That's okay, another not... podcast. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I'm not familiar with this. So. Okay, well, that's okay. So, listeners, you already know what the topic is. Because, again, you have the advantage of it's in the title of the episode. But Clay doesn't know what it is. Yeah, I was given, I was given one clue, which was my wife coming out in a charcoal face mask. And I was being silly, but it kind of like if you stretch it a little bit, you can kind of guess what it is. Listeners, you know, and you're thinking I'm stupid and you're not wrong. So let's get started, shall we? Oh, are you not going to hear my guess first? Oh, I'm sorry. Guess for me. Okay. You're covering Kratos from the God of War games because he was covered in the ashes of his dead family. Oh, (laughs) good guess. Oh, is it a good guess? But no. (laughs) That's a damn shame. I know. So listeners... We've told you our story. We've bantered a little bit. Let's get to the episode. But there's something special about this episode because this is episode number 13. It's our 13th episode. I wanted to make it special. Now, 13 is a traditionally unlucky number. The origin of this is believed to be because of Judas Iscariot. He was the, there was the 12 disciples and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Judas made 13. Bad. Right, yeah. (laughs) Judas is all the bad things. Yeah. Someone once painted him in a portrait thousands of years after he was alive. Yeah. Holding gold in his left hand. Right. Which caused a lot of left-handed people to die. Yeah, like that's all you need to know about Judas Iscariot. (laughs) (laughs) He was the 13th disciple. He betrayed Christ. 13 has been known to foretell death or demise of either the body or mind or sometimes both. But it can also symbolize the birth of a spirit or the passage into another level existence. I thought it was unlucky because it was a prime number. (laughs) I've never heard that, but okay. So the 13th card in a tarot deck is death. This can mean literal death. But more commonly, this arcana refers to the end of one thing and the beginning of another. Some buildings don't even have a 13th floor, opting instead to skip straight from 12 to 14. Some cultures believe 13's a lucky number. I myself was born on the 13th. Friday the 13th, in fact. And it was also Good Friday, which was the day that Jesus was crucified because of Judas, so that humanity could be saved. (laughs) I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but I've always kind of felt an affinity to the number 13. Uh, is it an evil symbol of death? Is the number 13 the harbinger of tragedy? Or is it simply misunderstood? It has a lot in common with tonight's topic. Okay, so the topic is not about the number 13. No, but it there's some parallels to the number 13. You, you talked a, a lot about 13. Oh, just, get, just wait, just wait. Imagine. You're driving along a dark road with your friends late one night... Take Me Home Country Road by John Denver plays, (laughs) and you smile. The irony's not lost on you. Is that another car? Weird there would be another car out this late. You resume singing, but the lights get bigger and bigger. The radio turns to static, and you're overwhelmed with dread. 
Not anxiety. No, that word isn't strong enough. You never felt this way. You squint because the lights are so bright they're threatening to blind you. The radio produces more and more static until finally you look up with your hands over your ears. The red lights are now peering through your window. Your friend screams and hits the gas. You collide with a large object, but don't stop. You're driving for your life. You look out the window and the thing is keeping pace with the vehicle. It's not a car. Is it a bird? No, there aren't any birds quite that big around here. Growing up in West Virginia, your siblings always tried to scare you with stories about the Mothman, especially when traveling down dark roads or haulers at night. But those are just stories, right? Are you asking me? <laughs> that was part of your story. <laughs> so po- possibly the most popular cryptid. You asked and you shall receive. We're talking, of course, about the Mothman. Everyone's favorite spooky critter with big wings and two giant red eyes. And a big thank you to our friend Kevin for suggesting this topic. Okay, now quick time out. How was the charcoal face mask a clue? Because Mothman's black. And I left big spots around my eyes. There's also a TNT plant involved. So, I mean, like I'd imagine if TNT blew up in your face and I was also a cartoon character. Yeah, I was going to say, and also a cartoon character. If TNT blew up in your face, then you wouldn't have one. I wouldn't have a face. It wouldn't be all silly and, oh, look, I got covered in soot. So that was... Now, when you said it was a little bit of a stretch, I really thought that it was somehow maybe closely related. I told you I felt bad. Over dinner, I told Clay, I kind of feel bad that I really made you think that was a super clue. Well, I, and I was reaching. I was like, okay, well, could it be the place that Silent Hill was based off of? Since, We're going to go to Silent Hill, don't worry. You know, with all the, the ash in the air from the underground fires and things like that. You know, like all these different things that it could have been as a, as a stretch. But yours is that it was Mothman because some people say he's black in color. And because you left large holes where your eyes should be. Yeah, I don't have eyes. Which I guess would be like negative space for his very big moth eyes. Right. And and because I thought it looked like I got like dynamite in my face and there's a TNT bunker involved. I didn't say it was a good hint. You're really bad at clues. Duh. (laughs) I could never play charades with you. Nah, I'm terrible at that game anyway. Mostly because I never get asked to play. No one plays charades. Everybody just talks about how people have played it. Oh, that's true. That's true. It's a legend that we'll have to cover at some point. <laughs> charades is It doesn't really exist. Right. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. I love my fur baby so much, but when they're stressed out, it makes me stressed out. Mine hate loud noises like thunderstorms and fireworks, and sometimes they just don't want to be left home alone. To keep my dogs calm in moments of stress like thunderstorms, fireworks, or even when I need to go out, I use Brave Paws, anxiety and stress support chewables for dogs. These plant-based chewables promote calm behavior with natural ingredients that have been clinically studied without causing drowsiness. Did I mention they're fast acting and sustainably sourced? How cool is that? Learn more at mybravepaws.com. So there's many theories about what Mothman really is. Is he a spirit, a harbinger of cataclysmic events, an angel, a demon? 
A military experiment gone wrong? An extraterrestrial? Maybe he's just an owl. And I did want to put out a disclaimer. There is so much information about Mothman that I could never possibly discuss all of it. Maybe at some point in our podcast, we'll revisit this topic and talk about my dude, the Mothman. But for now, my dude, but for now, we're just going to kind of do an overview and hit the high points. Yeah, we'll probably have to do the same thing for like Bigfoot. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There's like entire podcasts devoted to Bigfoot. Oh, Clay, you going to get that fly? No, I flew away. I moved too quick. Oh, damn it. So... When we think of Mothman, the first thing we think about are charcoal face masks. I'm <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Next time you do a charcoal face mask, you're going to be like, eh, Mothman. So, but when we think about Mothman, I won't. you won't do a charcoal face mask. Yeah. Well, when we think about Mothman, the first thing we think of actually are the famous sightings in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. But Mothman's been sighted all over the United States. Now, what does he look like? All sources agree it's a big, bird-like creature with iconic glowing red eyes, a Mothman statement piece. Some say it's feathered, sometimes it's feathered, sometimes it's bat-like, sometimes it's black as the night, other times it's described as like a tan or a gray, but it's almost always seen at night, so it would make sense that it would look dark. Some say it has a neck, some say it doesn't really have a neck instead of having a broad, thick head, being kind of shouldery. You can tell the Mothman is near because you will feel extreme fear, psychological distress, confusion, and if prolonged, even death. You'll feel death? You'll feel death. Or worse? (laughs) You'll feel death. That sounds like a really (laughs) shitty sort of, like, threat to somebody. Oh, yeah, well, you're going to feel death. Wow. Or worse, you could go insane. And sometimes it interferes with electronics. So that's not cool. The first known sighting was on November 12, 1966. Five men in the nearby town of Calendron were digging a grave, so we're off to an excellent start. When they reported seeing a shadowy winged humanoid fly over their heads from a nearby tree. Three days later in Point Pleasant, two couples were driving along and they were chased by a giant winged humanoid that was six or seven feet tall with a 10 foot wingspan. The most memorable part of this creature was its giant glowing red eyes. In their panic, they reached speeds of up to 100 miles per hour, but the Mothman kept up with them. It finally scuttled into a nearby field and disappeared. It was described as being slow and clumsy on the ground, but once it takes flight, wowee. 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 Even though... They knew it sounded absolutely bonkers. The couple went to the police, or the couples, there were two couples. They went to the police with what they saw. Understandably, police were skeptical. One of the men was quoted as saying, If I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything. But there were four of us who saw it. At first, reporters were skeptical, calling it a bird or a mysterious creature. But as we know, they came to embrace our dark-winged friend. Over the next year, sightings became more and more frequent. Over three days, there were eight reported sightings, two of which were volunteer firefighters who described a very large bird with red eyes. According to allthingsinteresting.com, excellent website. You should definitely go check them out. Is that where you get all your information? A lot of it. (laughs) a, A decent, a decent bit. Newell Partridge, a resident of Salem, West Virginia, claimed that he saw strange patterns appearing on his television screen one night, followed by a mysterious sound just outside his home. 
Shining a flashlight towards the direction of the noise, Partridge supposedly witnessed two red eyes resembling bicycle reflectors looking back at him. This anecdote remains a popular one in the Mothman mythos, especially since it allegedly led to the disappearance of Partridge's dog. Mm-hmm. To this day, some still believe that the fearsome beast took his beloved pet. Now, first of all, Mothman, my favorite cryptid or not, if you start taking people's dogs, we're going to fight. Yeah, I've never heard that Mothman comes after your dog. I'm going to I'm gonna shove my foot up your Point Pleasant ass if you take people's dogs. The most known story is the Silver Bridge. On December 15, 1967, the Silver Bridge that connects Point Pleasant, West Virginia to Gallipoy, Ohio, collapsed. 46 people lost their lives in the tragedy. The saddest part is that most of them were Christmas shopping. Mm. Some psychics claimed they had visions of water and Christmas presents floating. It's believed that the Mothman was there to warn people about that impending disaster. Yeah, I've heard of Mothman or Mothmen uh, being described as harbingers yeah. of some great destruction. Right, and some, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but some almost describe him almost like an angel of death. Like, he's not really a bad guy. He just does a bad thing, kind of. Like, he's just warning you. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, you're saying, like, the Grim Reaper. Like Yeah, he's kind of. Everyone's like, you know. Get bent, Grim Reaper, but he does have an important job yeah. that must be done. Mothman was possibly sighted at Chernobyl <laughs> shortly before the nuclear disaster. Some workers claimed to see an eerie winged figure flying near the reactor, Reactor 4, the infamous reactor, in the days leading up to the disaster. People in the nearby towns even noticed something strange and began to call it the Blackbird of Chernobyl. As we know, Chernobyl was a disaster. September 11th, 2001, a day that will live on in infamy. Prior to the attack, it had been 30 years since Mothman was seen in the USA. Some say that they saw a large bird or crane-like creature in the vicinity of the towers for about five days prior to the attack. There even exists photos of what appears to be the Mothman flying away from the disaster. Others said that they could see his face through the smoke and debris. More recently, August 1st of 2007, Mothman was sighted at another bridge collapse. A bridge on I-35 collapsed, 13 people perished, and 145 were injured. Then in 2009, Mothman was spotted in Chihuahua, Mexico. It's believed that he was warning us about the swine flu outbreak. Hmm. So he's just trying to warn us about stuff. But this is what I don't understand about Mothman. He's like, hey, something terrible is going to happen. I'm like, okay, but when? And he's like, I don't know. It, yeah, yeah. In, the in next, five to seven business days, something right, terrible yeah. can happen. Like, okay, can you tell me where? No. Somewhere near me, possibly. Right. I'm here, so something bad's going to go down. And I'd be like, well, should I stay home? How long should I stay home? I only have so many sick days, Mothman. <laughs> My boss isn't going to believe me when I'm like, hey, Mothman's out. I can't come out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Mothman's outside the building, so I think I'm just going to go home. Yeah, oh, someone called. It's injured cold. We'll talk about that, too. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a little early to be yeah. dropping a sort of callback to something you haven't talked about yet. Oh, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. So, the TNT area, we'd be remiss if we were to talk about Mothman without mentioning the TNT area and the bunkers nearby. Formerly, the West Virginia Ordnance worked, but called the TNT area by locals. Some say it's just overgrown local wildlife, but back in the 40s, The $45 million plant employed 3,500 people 
In World War II, it was used to manufacture and store ammunition. There were over a hundred underground bunkers there, and they're covered. The reason for this was so that they wouldn't be seen from the air. Because the Mothman was sighted near these bunkers by many eyewitnesses, the TNT area is thought to be maybe his hideout or his home. Some local kids even called it the birdhouse because originally they called Mothman the bird. The bird. <laughs> what if you flipped the bird? <laughs> can you flip Mothman? I mean, can he? I mean, isn't he really tall? This is a challenge, Mothman. We'll be right back with more pet candy. Here's something fascinating I realized while taping this podcast. There are compelling and downright mysterious medical cases that happen every day in veterinary hospitals all across the country. And most of the time, the unsung heroes that help these animals never get a chance to talk about them and you never hear their stories until now. This podcast, Vet Mysteries with Dr. Courtney, takes a deep dive into some of the strangest medical cases and we meet the incredible veterinary teams that help to save their lives. If you like a little bit of mystery, a ton of intrigue, and love pet health like I do, this podcast is for you. I'm Dr. Courtney, and you can subscribe and listen to this podcast for free on Vet Candy Radio or anywhere you listen to podcasts. There was an incident where a bunch of stuff exploded, obviously, (laughs) and the whole area was swept and dangerous stuff was removed. So they went in, they totally cleaned out all of the explosives. So it's totally barren now. But there's some theories floating around that the Mothman is a government experiment, possibly a moth-human-bird hybrid creature. (laughs) But it's now... Half-man. Half bird, half moth. Yes, half man, half bird, and half moth. So, but you can actually still tour the TNT area. There's a Mothman Festival that we'll talk about in a little bit, and they actually offer tours during the Mothman Festival. The Mothman Prophecies is actually a film from 2002 starring Richard Gere and Deborah Messing. It's based on a book of the same title by John Keel, who was on assignment in West Virginia during the peak of the Mothman hype. The movie focuses more on the prophecies and the people seeing Mothman followed by bad shit going down, hearing a voice in their dreams telling them it'll be okay. And then there's like phones, distortions, static. In one scene, he introduces himself over the phone as Indrid Cold, which I had to look up. So this is the smiling or the grinning man. He's usually tall, speaks telepathically, but doesn't have... Huge red eyes, which seems to be the Mothman staple. He's commonly associated with UFO activity in Men in Black. This is a separate West Virginia cryptid, though the film implies that they're the same. Sightings of the Grinning Man do seem to coincide with sightings of Mothman. Maybe they're friends. One quote I really liked from the movie was, well, what does it look like? And the answer is, it depends on who's looking. So maybe they're the same. Maybe Intrude Cold just wears, like, really big Coke bottle oh, glasses. Oh, I have to wear Coke bottle glasses. I can't see for ass. I mean, like, the really big round ones. Oh, yeah, and they reflect. Like Milo from Atlantis. Oh, <laughs> now I think he's cute. He's lost all his power now. <laughs> so, fun fact, when we were kids, Kelsey and I saw this movie, and it scared her really bad. So, when we got to back to her house, 
she lived in like there was a lot of really, 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 really tall trees. And I was like, oh, Mothman's up there. And she's like, no. Nah. And then we both got scared and ran inside. Right. So that was fun. You are famously a weenie. I am a winner. <laughs> so the town of Point Pleasant has embraced Mothman. It's kind of an example of owning your weird, kind of like they did with the Beast of Bray Road. You can either try to hide it and it's going to be a thing anyway, or you can embrace it and make money off of it. Like, go <laughs> ahead. So, the town of Point Pleasant, we love a Mothman. Charles Humphreys is a Point Pleasant native who you may or may not have hunted the Mothman during his heyday, deciding that the town needed a memorial to the creature that put them on the map. And who better than the renowned Bob Roach? This is a quote. I drove to his house in the woods, said Charles, and I said, Bob, you make that Mothman and you'll be known around the world. Bob dismissed the idea, saying he wasn't interested But I knew he had an ego, said Charles. The next morning, he called up and asked, what's that Mothman look like? Bob Roach, iconic. I was going to say, I I definitely know about the the statue. Oh, yeah, the statue. Everyone knows the statue. And it's funny because the statue is silver, like platinum, shiny silver. And it's like, but he was, okay, but whatever. Now, Bob Roach, he didn't make up this this creature. He didn't make up any of the looks, any of the features. He actually interviewed several people who claimed they saw the creature. This is considered to be a very honest description of the Mothman, and he's got abs for days. <laughs> According to Roadside America, this is another quote, Mothman became such an icon that in 2020, he was the subject of an online petition calling for the replacement of America's many Confederate monuments with statues of celebrated American figures, primarily the Mothman. The Mothman statue was cited as a prime representation of what's really important in North American culture and history. The petition was signed by thousands of people. I would have signed that petition. I I really like the idea, like you just go down to you know, New Orleans somewhere, and there'd just be a big statue of a Mothman. <laughs> and people coming from other countries would be like, wow, what's what's this about? And it's like, well, there's one place in this country that's really famous for this thing. Yeah. And we replaced a lot of, like, old <laughs> military leader statues with this thing. And they'll be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag America. In 2006, the Mothman Museum opened its doors and continues to be a popular tourist attraction. It remains a high-traffic area. Even today, 2022, it's a high-traffic area. People travel from all around the world just to take a selfie with the Mothman statue. Also, you and I are definitely going there. And fun fact, during the pandemic, they put a mask on the statue. <laughs> How fun is that? But what what is it really? Because as much as we would like to say, oh, it's definitely something paranormal, it's definitely a military experiment, or it's an alien or something, you know, there's there's people that aren't going to buy that. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So the Sandhill Crane kind of gets blamed for everything. Every cryptid is actually a Sandhill Crane. Don't know if you <laughs> yeah. knew that. Sandhill Crane comes up more than any other animal. It was actually even mentioned that that might be what the Jersey Devil was, but I was so stuck on the hammerhead, va- bleh, hammerhead bat that I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, Sandhill Crane. Blah, blah, blah. So... It could be an owl. According to Audubon.org, by the way, we love the Audubon Institute. We went not too long ago. So this is a long quote. I'm sorry it's a long quote, but it just kind of says everything that I needed. So, Luckily, there was another candidate available, the barred owl. 
A large species with a rounded head, deep black eyes, and a loud, deep hoot that echoes through the dark. They prefer hollows in trees and open forests and are common throughout the southeast. Officials in former TNT area, now the McClintic Wildlife Management Area, confirmed to Nikels that a healthy population of barred owls live in the refuge. Most importantly, barred owls have dramatic crimson eye shine due to the amount of blood vessels in the eye. To Nichols, the bird sounded like a match for the Mothman. We know that barred owls exist, he says. We know they were in the McClinton, West Virginia, I'm sorry, WMA. We know they have crimson eye shine and otherwise fit the description, big winged and so forth, with silent flight. The assumptions you'd make for the other hypotheses is that they're extraterrestrials or that they're able to come to planet Earth and that they have creatures that look for all the world like a barred owl. But how do you go from a 17 to 20 inch owl to a six foot eldritch horror? In 2010, an episode of the television show Monster Quest, Nichols drove volunteers down a large dark road with plywood mothmen, complete with bike reflectors for eyes. None of them were able to guess the size of the cutouts. It's very hard to judge the size of something when seen at night and at an unknown distance. And if you misjudge how far away it is, you misjudge its height by that same proportion. Nichols says, Frightened people also tend to fixate on the object of their fear, causing it to loom larger in their memory. Taken together, it's easy to see how an unexpected encounter with a barred owl would be memorable and potentially terrifying experience. If anything, Mothman is a testament to the way that a fleeting glimpse of a common bird can expand something nearly unrecognizable given the right circumstances. Owls seem particularly prone to this sort of metamorphosis, Nicole says. He's worked on several such cases, including the Flatwood Monster, the Kelly Kentucky Goblins, and numerous ghost stories. They've most certainly been responsible for monster sightings, maybe more than any one creature, Nikel says, because of their size, their shiny eyes, their nocturnal habits and noises of flight. They're really noted for fooling people. Um, I was going to bring out, uh, bring up about the silent flight of owls. They really are. Yeah. Like, almost completely silent in their flight. You know, they got like special feathers or whatever that help like dampen the sound and everything like that. But like, it's remarkable how quiet. I mean, you say 10 inches and you're like, yeah, it's not like, what, what? That's not seven feet. But if something flies at you at night and all you're seeing are these reflecting red eyes, that's where they get the the no neck thing from. Yeah, I guess that's true. An owl isn't known for its neck. Right. Or at least... Not how it appears, but rather what it can do. Right. Owls are kind of scary, and an owl can f*** you up. <laughs> yeah, if an owl wants to, I mean, any bird of prey can do some serious damage. Yeah, bir- birds are cool. And it's it's important that I mention, they're talking about, so there's a barred owl, B-A-R-R-E-D, and a barn owl, right, B-A-R-N. Yeah. This is the barred, B-A-R-R-E-D, owl. Right. Other owls are very similar, but the barred owl is the one with the big eyes. Yeah, we've we've talked about owls before, uh, yeah. specifically with the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, people thinking that owls were signs for them. Uh, it's also 
noted in like UFO sightings and things like that, that owls are somehow related to extraterrestrials or aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of lore about owls, and I didn't really go into that because of, you know, time, but... Yeah, D- owls could almost be their own <laughs> yeah. episode. Owls are pretty much cryptids, except that we know they exist. <laughs> right, but they're somehow linked to every cryptid. They are. Most cryptids are probably owls. So it could <laughs> it's either aliens or it's owls. But Mothman is my favorite. So... Is Mothman inherently evil, or is he just a benevolent spirit who tries to warn us of future disasters? Is he an angel of death, a harbinger of sorrow? Or is he just a legend that we've embraced to help explain tragedy that's beyond our understanding? But now, while Mothman is my favorite cryptid, I hope to never see him. Because of the implication, or just you would be too afraid of Mothman? I feel like it would ruin my relationship with Mothman. I feel like I would be like, oh, my God, it's Mothman, and then he'd be a jerk. Right. And it's like meeting your hero. They say, don't meet your heroes. You'd be like, oh, wow, hey, Mothman, and he'd be like, I don't have time. Yeah, and then I'd cry. Right. And then a bridge would collapse within five to six business days. Yeah. (laughs) Mothman is kind of like a shipping notification. Yeah. Like, you know something bad is coming, but when? Sorry, everybody. Clay had to go try to kill that fly. Clay, what if that fly is was like a little micro mini baby teacup bat? A little bit of Mothman. A little bitty Mothman? A little bitty baby Mothman. Well, they're not indestructible. That's all I can say. <laughs> and he's he's like a harbinger of just like a little inconvenience. Yeah, his existence. Oh, poor thing. I was thinking since it's like five to seven business days before the tragedy happens, we're probably going to tear our stomachs up eating Indian food this weekend. I mean, that was going to happen anyway. That's I mean, that's true. that's like predicting that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. And what if like, it doesn't? I mean, that would be a much, you know, like wilder prediction than the sun coming up. I mean, unless we're in the film Rock-A-Doodle-Doo. I've never seen that. <laughs> I know. I've referenced it. Maybe one person listening to this is like, oh, yeah, Rock-A-Doodle-Doo. Rock-A-Doodle. You got to crow and you got to crow now. <laughs> I watched All Dogs Go to Heaven and The Last Unicorn. And that's why I'm in therapy. And that's it? That's Those are the only... Those are, look at him. He came he's back. back. I don't know what he wants. I would just give it to him. I know. I'm going to plug in that vacuum cleaner and then use, like, the attachment hose to... Just suck, suck up the fly. <laughs> I think the cat would explode if you did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Orville would not like me turning he on the vacuum cleaner. everything about that. Well... Orville, if you don't want me to turn on the vacuum cleaner, kill this fly. Right? Do your job. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hi, this is Shay, and I want to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy, Cooking with Shay. I make vegan eating easy and fun. Check it out on Pet Candy TV. So before we go, I did want to mention a little story about our animals and their brave paws. So we had mentioned before that our animals love their brave paws. They love it. They eat it like a treat. They take it. They beg for more. So much to the point that <laughs> I I guess I didn't put the bottle up like in the drawer where it's supposed to go. I just kind of left it on the counter. Right. They ate the whole tub. Yeah. The whole tub, and nobody got sick. Yeah, so, I mean, good good thing about the not 
ODing sort of deal, but right. Don't let your dogs do that on purpose. But I just right, yeah, kind of sweet. <laughs> not saying, not saying necessarily test it for yourself, but uh, I mean, we don't know how it w- how it was split. I mean, it could have been just true. Kipper got a hold of it, but he might have shared with Buddy. Kipper and doesn't Painter. typically share. He's also our biggest dog, though. He's a pretty big dog. (laughs) (laughs) So that was just a fun little aside. So, Clay, before we go, what are you talking about next week? My topic. Oh, great. Okay. Well, I want you to tell the listeners what it's going to be, and I'm going to step out the room real quick. Okay. Um, It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) I've answered your questions. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, we love you, and we're so proud of you for whatever you've accomplished this week. Go try your Brave Paws on. They're great. And uh, Leanne, winner of our giveaway, guess what we're doing tonight? A packing video for you. All right. Bye, everybody. Look out for Mothman. Pet Candy, it's Pet Candy Radio.